This is the Financial Compass with Matthew Brunner from Comprehensive Planning Associates. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Matthew provides his clients and prospects with the information that they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Matthew Brunner to help you find your financial direction. Hello and welcome to the Financial Compass. My name is Matthew Brunner from Comprehensive Planning Associates LTD or Compass. If you'd like more information about what you hear during today's show, give us a call 800-339-9252 or you can visit us online at compass-ltd.com. While you're at the website, scroll on down to the radio section of the page. You can check out past shows. You can subscribe to the program on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or other streaming platforms. And please, do not hesitate to reach out to us with ideas for future shows, questions about today's show, or to set up a face-to-face or virtual meeting. Now, for millions of Americans, Social Security is one of the linchpins of the retirement strategy and broader financial strategy. And accordingly, any news about the program often gets the attention of many older Americans. That's certainly the case with regard to the recent news that Social Security's trust fund is now expected to run dry even sooner than initially anticipated. Now, During today's show, we're going to take a closer look at the potential trust fund shortfalls, what it means to the program in general, and what it may mean for you specifically. And after that, we'll transition into a broader conversation about Social Security and some potential steps you may be able to take to make it more likely you get everything you can out of your own benefit. But before we peel back that lid on Social Security, I want to just so proudly introduce my co-host, Tony Shore, who, unlike the Social Security Trust Fund, is in no danger of running out of anything, anything too soon. (laughs) Especially running out of gas, right? As long as well, I, as long as I keep eating the, the tacos, will be fine there. Um, <laughs> got you by surprise with that one, didn't you? Did I? get me on that one? Yeah, too. yep. Well, here's uh, listening to you uh, read the intro and talk about what what what's coming up in the show today. I just want to hear you say, "Social Security shortfall strategy." Uh, three times really fast. You just want to hear me sound like Sylvester the cat <laughs> yelling at Tweety Bird. <laughs> Suffer a shuck attack. Yeah, this is a- one of those things that just gets me every time. We've been talking about social security on this program for years, Tony. And yeah. every time I do it, every time <laughs> I have to say social security and I can hear it in my headphones or I listen later, I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, but add, add the word shortfall at the end. Social yeah, security social shortfall. security shortfall strategies. <laughs> there you go. You did I it. Have to con- I, it's like I develop a lateral lisp. It's like <laughs> it, all, it all wants to squeeze out the side of my tongue instead of coming out of the front of my mouth when we talk about this. So uh, bear with me, listeners. This <laughs> I is, love uh, this topic. When I yeah. saw the title of today's show, Social Security Strategies, I'm like, oh, this will be a fun one. Uh, a little lesson in alliterate, what I call literation. Mm, or alliteration yes. in this case. But <laughs> um, yeah, hey, I know a lot of people out there are on high alert for any social security news. It's always a hot topic. So what do you have for us? All right. So there's an AARP article, 
the Social Security Trustees Project Trust Fund shortfall by 2034. <laughs> Easy for you to say. <laughs> was it? It has some information that to me, it's very interesting. It's going to be very useful for today's conversation. And as it explains, the Social Security Trustees 2023 annual report, which was released in March of this year, it noted that the program's trust funds, the Old Age and Survivors Insurance Trust Fund, and the Disability Insurance Fund could be tapped out by 2034 without congressional intervention. That's a full year. Wow. Uh, Let me just do that last sentence again. Now, that's a full year earlier than originally anticipated. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, when you consider roughly 66 million Americans currently rely on Social Security in some form or another, that's a super concerning development. So if the annual reports forecast becomes reality, the revenue that supplies the Social Security Trust Fund would be able to cover only about 80% of benefits. Right. So it's not like they're going to completely go away. And I'm sure they'll do something to shore up the trust fund, but it is something to be concerned about and keep an eye on. And I think that's good information. I know that you and a lot of your fellow financial advisors out there and professionals um, have been getting uh, emails from people about the news. Uh, Do you have any more details as to why the trust fund is depleted a year earlier than originally expected? Or maybe depleted besides for gross governmental incompetence. Oh, that's you've, you've kind of summed things up, I guess. (laughs) No, (laughs) pretty much it. I always throw everything at the government's feet, but now, um, well, okay. So it does, it does note new economic expectations are one possible factor in the revised prediction. Uh, the trustees report explains it expects less growth and productivity during the coming decade, especially compared to what it anticipated in last year's report. So smaller growth, smaller productivity, means less growth in revenue from payroll taxes that significantly fund Social Security. And in part, trustees report explains that some of its adjusted forecast stems from the lingering effect of the COVID-19 pandemic. You know, it slowed the economy in ways that are still being felt today, even though the height of the pandemic is clearly over, we're still, you know, facing some of the consequences. Wow. Yeah. And I thought COVID likely had something to do with some of this and that trustees report Uh, maybe being a little more pessimistic. But what does this Social Security news mean for Medicare? Are they related at all? Uh, Yeah, yeah. And I think the news about Medicare is really interesting. So for the second year in a row, trustees report is predicting a stronger financial outlook for Medicare. It estimates Medicare's main trust fund, which covers hospital care, will have enough funds to cover full benefits through 2031. That's three years longer than it forecasted last year. That's certainly good news to the millions of people who need Medicare to enjoy their preferred retirement lifestyle. Uh, The trustees report does note that both Social Security and Medicare are facing long-term funding uncertainty, what we've already talked about. So, though I don't think I'm going out on a limb here when I say it's increasingly hard for Congress to agree on much of anything, I do personally think Social Security and Medicare may be different. And we stated before, we're probably going to say it again, Social Security and Medicare a lifeblood programs for millions of Americans. The thing is, older Americans vote in very big numbers. So members of Congress are, again, in my opinion, unlikely to take steps to antagonize such an important voting block from removing them from offices that they've held for far too long. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and, um, you know, so are both of those trust funds in equally 
uncertain territory or is one worse off than the other? In other words, uh, Social Security or Medicare? So the old age survivors insurance trust fund will currently be able to cover all scheduled benefits until 2033 after which payments would drop by about 23% according to current projections, and the Disability Insurance Trust Fund will remain whole until at least 2097. Ah, okay. So uh, does the do you know what Congress can actually do to address these shortfalls once and for all? So to avoid the potential shortfalls that we've described during the show, uh, Congress could, over the next decade, well, cut benefits, raise taxes. They could redirect other government revenue into the program. They could utilize a combination of those options. For a lot of elected officials, though, the idea of cutting benefits or raising taxes are equally unappetizing. That means lasting solutions may be hard to come by. It's one of those, the hard decisions and the, you know, the right road forward may be tougher than getting votes. Yeah. Kind of situation. It's, there's going to there's gonna be a pain point somewhere. Uh, one important note. It explains, you know, President Biden and congressional leaders have agreed the you know these things were going to be off the table during the de- debt ceiling conversation and um you know with with the way it went out and still not truly understanding what it looks like uh in the end i hopefully they stay that way if you have questions or concerns about social security medicare how they fit into your financial strategy right now as well as years down the road i absolutely recommend working with a financial pro who's well versed in both programs yeah yeah, they should pick up the phone and give you a call. Uh, Matt, how can our listeners get a hold of you? Uh, simple. Call 800-339-9252, or you can get us online at compass-ltd.com. All right. Well, this is an interesting topic. I mean, obviously, we've talked about Social Security a lot on past shows, uh, but all this talk about is it going to run out and what are they going to do to shore up the Social Security Trust Fund as well as Medicare? I think that's really great. And, um, you know, uh, it may run out by 2034 as far as the trust fund, then only portions of it can be covered. Uh, but this is an eye opening uh, topic. That's for sure. What else do you have for us about this? Well, let's keep focus on Social Security, but maybe transition to a more general conversation about. It. So there's an Investopedia article, 10 common questions about Social Security. Contains a lot of details, I think, pretty relevant to this. So first, bit of history. Everybody ready for their history lesson? Everybody's class. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so wide awake in school. I'm so ready it hurts. Yeah, okay. Well, maybe you want to change how you're sitting. <laughs> Where's put my... A little, put a pillow in your lower back. It'll, it'll help the pain. Uh, Social Security, established 1935. It was established to provide retirement income to some American workers. Later, it was expanded to cover a much larger portion of the workforce. Now, today, Social Security is still America's pension plan. It's essential financial component that many Americans use to provide for themselves during retirement. And currently, it provides 37% of older men and 42% of older women with at least 50% of their retirement income. And for 12% of older men and 15% of older women, it's at least 90% of the retirement income. So you can see how changes could have a big effect on people. Oh, yeah. And as those stats bear out, Social Security is nothing short of critical for Mm -hmm. so many people out there. Give us a summary of the full retirement age so our listeners understand when their full retirement age is. Okay. So this, uh, it depends on when you were born. 
So you'll be eligible for full retirement benefits as soon as age 65 or as late as 67 and a half. Specifics are this. If you were born before 1938, full retirement age is 65. Between 38 and 42, it falls between 65 and two months to 65 and 10 months. If you were born between 43 and 54, it's age 66. Between 55 and 59, it's 66 in two months, 66 in 10 months. And if you were born 1960 or later, your full retirement age is 67. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So most people are going to fall in some of the later parts of that at this point, right? A lot. Of, some of those numbers are long past being relevant anymore. Yeah, that's uh, you true. You can, you know, don't forget, you can begin to reach, start receiving Social Security as soon as age 62. But if you do so, your monthly benefit's going to be permanently reduced. We've gone over this time and time again. For example, if you file when you turn 62 and your full retirement age is 66, your benefit's cut by 25%. Now, on the other side, if you delay taking your benefits past your full retirement age, you'll receive a higher permanent benefit. You'll receive 8% each year up to age 70 for those born in 1943 or later uh, when benefits max out and there's no longer a financial incentive to postpone filing. Interesting. And you've yeah. talked about that before, but mm -hmm. I, I can't imagine taking a 25 to 30% uh, cut by in locking in that early amount. Of course, if you do wait until later, uh, you have to live and utilize it for that many more years to break even on the amount you would have had. So, yeah. So there's no perfect thing, right? You, there's everybody's got different life expectancies, different sure. situations, each personal, everybody's personal situation. May, for some people, hey, maybe no one in your family has ever lived past the age of 65. Why would you wait to take it to 70? Yeah. Right. Every month you wait to take your Social Security check is one less check you're going to get. But there's we do have software that runs scenarios. So you can see if you go by the government's mortality tables, if uh, if someone in your family, if everyone in your family's lived to 99 and you've lived relatively the same kind of life, you know, barring a, you know, a asteroid falling out of the sky and taking you out, you probably have a pretty good chance of living into your 90s. So maybe it makes more sense to look at having a longer life expectancy and what that difference would be over time. Yeah. But everyone has their own sweet spot. Yeah. Right. Is what you're saying. And there's a yeah. there's a different sweet spot and a lot of different calculations go into it, which is why you have a social security maximization report that you can run for people. And if our listeners want to get that or have more questions about that, uh, they should pick up the phone and give you a call because this is just one more reason determining the best time to file for social security. It's another reason to work with someone like yourself, a financial services professional. And, uh, I think, uh, you know, obviously, uh, there's a lot of questions to be asked here. What's the phone number though? Our listeners can call to get answers to their questions and have that report run. Um, 800-339-9252. Uh, we will, you know, it's pretty simple. We need your social security statement or at least the numbers off of it. We don't, you know, you don't need to give us any heavy duty, personal identifiable information. We do need the best numbers we can get from you, from your most recent social security statements. And from there on out, we can do everything online. You never even actually have to come to the office if you don't want to, if you want to see what these uh, numbers look like. Uh, it's a, it, it's more work on our end than it is on yours. You just need that little bit of homework. Right. Uh, let's change gears here just a little bit to another common social security question. And that's how is eligibility determined? And 
the answer is that it's based on the credits you earn during your working years. So this year, you receive one credit for every $1,640 you make, up to a maximum of four credits. If you were born in 1929 or later, you need 40 credits. That's basically 10 years of full-time work to receive Social Security during your retirement. Yeah. So remind us of how much we are paying into Social Security. Isn't it like 6%? Yeah. And this is one of those reasons why it bugs me when people, you know, say it's an entitlement. Well, it's actually your money, right? And and yeah. your employers, right? Because right. workers currently pay 6.2% of their wages into Social Security on up to $160,200 for their income. Now, employers kick in another 6.2% as well. If you're self-employed like I am, you have to pay the full 12.4%. So you can also Fun. receive, yeah, so you receive Social Security benefits while you continue to work. Uh, if you've reached your full retirement age, you can keep working, earn as much as you can, and still receive full benefits. But if you're under your full retirement age, and you'll hear that sometimes referred to as your FRA, uh, your benefits will be temporarily reduced. Now I'm having trouble saying other words besides Social Security <laughs> strategies. Uh, but however, that money isn't lost. Social Security will credit that money to your record when you, when you reach your full retirement age. That means you'll have a larger benefit. Now, the reduction is a dollar for every $2 of earned income above $21,240 for those who haven't yet reached their full retirement age. And during the year you reach your full retirement age, your benefits will be reduced by a dollar for every $3 in income greater than $56,520. That, that continues until the month you become fully eligible. Now, there's a lot more nuance to this particular Social Security component. So again, if you're working while receiving Social Security or you plan to, I strongly recommend working with a financial pro who may be able to help you devise a beneficial strategy. Well, yeah, you need that strategy. Any move you can make to reduce your benefit uh, should be handled very thoughtfully and in consultation with a financial professional like yourself. Yeah, you don't want to make a move that could greatly reduce your benefit and have it affect your uh, lifestyle. Maybe you want to wait and let it grow up. Uh, you know, let it grow. Yeah, if you have the ability then. to let it wait, it's it's a great return, right? But yeah. maybe you don't. But that's why you want to take that full look at your whole picture and have somebody that understands how all these different pieces move and work. Uh, now, as far as how much you'll receive each month, benefits are determined by your lifetime earnings. The formula is pretty complex, but essentially it averages the income from your 35 highest earning years. Now, if you've already acquired your 40 Social Security credits, you can use the online Social Security Retirement Estimator to get a rough idea of what you'll receive. But, you know, the estimator is a good tool. I'd also recommend crunching the numbers during a meeting with your financial pro. Uh, again, you can have something like a Social Security maximization report run or sit down with your pro and see what it, what they think it's going to look like. It's not just going to give you an idea of what you'll receive at each month. It's also going to give you context for what that number means for your financial strategy and your overall retirement goals. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. I mean... You know, uh, you know, uh, sometimes you see these online calculators or you get a number from the SSA.gov site um, and it can be somewhat helpful, but uh, it, it, there's a lot of nuance here and a financial professional like yourself can really provide that context. And I know your report takes into a lot of consideration. It takes a lot mm -hmm. into consideration, I should say, by running those 20,000 calculations. 
it also gives you some of those other like milestones that you shouldn't forget down the road if you never see me again, like when to file for Medicare, things like that. So there's some other little helpful tidbits in there. Uh, you know what? I just want to make a, a quick statement. I love when you say that's a good point. You don't always call out my bad points, but you're always kind enough to call out my good points. <laughs> so thank you, Tony. Well, now you've made me conscientious. I might have to start pointing out some bad points. Too. That point is moot. <laughs> yeah. How would that work? You know, you've made a really bad point there. Um, just you not, should stop and we should re-record a new not, show. Your points not, are horrible. It's not good. Um, <laughs> no, but seriously, you've been making a lot of great points about social security today. What's, uh, what's next? Uh, I want to dive a little further into the 10 common questions about social security and that's, uh, about the spousal benefit. So, the Bipartisan Budget Act of 2015, it strengthened some of the rules for spousal benefits, including eliminating numerous strategies that some couples previously used to maximize how much they received. And it's a shame that some of those are gone. But despite that, spouses can still claim benefits regardless of whether they ever had paid jobs. And they do that based on their partner's work history. Now, to qualify the spouse with an established work record, must already be receiving retirement disability benefits and the non-working spouse must be at least 62. And similar to other social security benefits, spousal benefits are permanently reduced if the non-working spouse begins collecting before they reach their full retirement age. In addition to that, if the non-working spouse waits until reaching their full retirement age, they'll then receive a spousal benefit of as much as 50% of their partner's full retirement benefit. And if I remember correctly from what you've said in, on past shows, Matt, the situation is a bit different for spouses who are widowed. Is that right? Oh, yeah, that definitely. A uh, spouse who becomes widowed, they're eligible for 100% of their partner's full benefit unless they also had a job and the Social Security benefit they've earned on their own is larger. So for the most part, the widowed spouse has to be at least 60 with certain exceptions to receive benefits from their deceased spouse's record. And the amount will be reduced if the surviving spouse chooses to receive benefits prior to their full retirement age. And then after that, if the surviving spouse remarried before they turn 60, they'll surrender their deceased spouse's benefit. Also, uh, there's some cases where divorced spouses may be eligible for spousal benefits based on their former spouse's work history. Wow. Wow. There's a bunch. There's a yeah. bunch to be taken into consideration. So there's uh, widowed and divorced benefits that may be available. Uh, again, uh, our listeners can pick up the phone and talk to you if they need uh, help with that or have questions. I think another big uh, component of Social Security that gets overlooked is taxes. I mean, mm. I used to think that Social Security, my Social Security income when I do enter retirement would not be taxable as taxable income. Uh, but you quickly told me I was wrong, uh, which you are want to do. Yeah. Uh, I love doing that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but uh, you have to pay taxes on your benefit. What do you have to say about that? You know, my son, he just graduated. We, we both, Tony, you and I both have kids graduating this year. Yes. And my son picked up one of my jerkiest attributes. His senior quote was the only time I've ever been wrong was the time I thought I wasn't right. That was his senior quote. <laughs> <laughs> I've said that I to him so that. many times growing up, so he adopted it. I guess. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's a total madism. I love that one. Uh, so back on the topic. Um, so ta tax and, and Social Security. 
So whether or not you have to pay federal taxes on your social security benefit, that comes down to your income. So couples who file a joint tax return have a combined income between 32 dollars and $44,000. They're going to be required to pay income tax on as much as 50% of their benefit. Now, if their combined income is greater than $44,000, they'll be taxed on as much as 85% of their benefits. You should note that combined income is defined as adjusted gross income plus any non-taxable interest and half of your Social Security benefits. So for single folks, those income thresholds are 25,000 to 34,000 for 50% and greater than 34,000 for 85%. So many people in retirement basically will end up paying some taxes on their social security and could pay up to uh, taxes on up to 85% of their money, which means so far 15% of your social security income is still, or more or greater is still going to be tax free, which is nice. Uh, but it would be better if none of it was taxed. <laughs> it certainly would, yeah. right? But not for the government, it wouldn't be. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, and again, this is a, a good reason to work with a financial services professional and make sure you're working with a good tax professional, right? And you have them both oh, absolutely. in your office. We do have both of those things. So, That's good. Um, and, and when it comes to applying for social, social security benefits, you can do it at the local office. You can do it by phone. It's 800-772-1213. You could do it online. Be prepared to supply certain personal information uh, as well as documents like your birth certificate. The article notes that Social Security Administration says you can apply as much as four months prior to the date you want your benefits to kick in. And what I want to add here is that I have no doubt most people listening today are more than skilled enough to handle Social Security application on their own but you don't have to do it by yourself. So many financial pros have experience navigating the social security process. Why not save yourself some time, some stress, put that experience to work on your behalf. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a good note to end the show on great advice. Before we go today, Matt, why don't you let our listeners know one more time how they can get a hold of you, give that phone number and web address. Sure. You can call us at 800-339-9252 or you can visit us online at compass-ltd.com. And if you'd like us to provide a social security maximization report, there's no, there's no, uh, you know, we're not going to charge you for it. It takes just a little bit of time. It's complimentary. Reach out. Well, we'd love to get that run for you. All right. Thanks for that, Matt. That's a great offer for our listeners out there and listeners. Thanks for tuning in. That does it for today's episode of the financial compass with our host, Matt Brunner. Thank you for listening to the financial compass. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Matthew Brunner at comprehensive planning associates. Call 800-339-9252 or visit their website at compass-ltd.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Insurance products and services, fee-based financial planning, and investment advisory services are offered by Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD. Compass, a registered investment advisor in the state of Connecticut. Securities are offered
offered by Gretchen Brunner and Matthew Brunner through Gradient Securities, LLC, Arden Hills, Minnesota, 866-991-1539. Member FINRA, SIPC, Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD, Compass, and Gradient Securities, LLC are not affiliated companies. Gradient Securities, LLC, and Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD, Compass are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. Please refrain from posting reviews of your experience as this may be considered testimonials and are prohibited by the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC. Like should not be considered a positive reflection of the investment advisory services offered by Gradient Securities, LLC, GS, and or their investment advisor representatives.